Hello, and welcome back to The Rewind. I'm Josh, and this is a podcast where I watch a bunch of movies and talk about them with my friends. Today's episode is about Palm Springs, and I'm happy to be joined for the first time in, uh, in, this, in this world, basically, because it feels like we're living <laughs> in another world than the last time she was here, by my friend Hannah Couture. Hannah, thanks for joining. Uh, thanks for thinking of me for this movie. Yeah, no, Hannah's a big fan of The Lonely Island, so I thought it'd be fun to have her on because I suspect that she might enjoy it. Um, And uh, as I said, it's the newest movie on – Palm Springs is the newest movie on Hulu. It's directed by Max Barbaco and written by Andy Ciara, but produced by The Lonely Island guys while also starring Andy Samberg of The Lonely Island and Kristen Milioti. It tells the story of Niles, a guy who is attending a wedding with his bridesmaid girlfriend that he does not really seem to like all that much, and uh, Sarah – the bride's sister is also there, and she's played by Kristen Milioti. Niles and Sarah end up having a bit of a romantic connection on the night of the wedding, but in the midst of that, an angry guy shoots Niles with a bow and arrow and chases him into a cave. Sarah follows them, and they wake up, and all of a sudden, it's the morning of the wedding again. And I'll say right now, I already kind of gave you the first 12 minutes of the movie, but we're going to spoil this movie even more because uh, it's just one of those plots that would take a lot of effort to try and have a non-spoilerly discussion about it. It would just be impossible and too much effort. And Hannah and I both like this movie and we would recommend that you watch it and then come back and listen to us talk about it. This movie was a massive success at the Sundance Film Festival where it was acquired by Hulu for uh, $17,500,000 and 69 cents because why not? That's a record and uh, 69 cents more than the record uh, set by Birth of a Nation, which is funny for just, I mean, all different kinds of reasons. I forgot that that was the one that had the record before. Yeah, in like totally different kinds of movies. You know, Birth of a... I mean, I guess both got really big reactions in the stadium, but I think it's kind of like understood now the Birth of the Nation like crowded the theater with people that were connected to the film in some way and made a lot of raucous noise and that really helped. But it's it's interesting though that this movie like set the new record because it must have gotten a really, really loud reception because while Hannah and I and a small group of other people might appreciate the Lonely <laughs> Islands movies, they don't really tend to make money. And it's acquisition I'm pretty sure it's acquisition price Palm Springs' acquisition price at Sundance was almost the entire box office of uh Popstar. It's almost twice the box office of Popstar. Popstar made nine million dollars. Oh wow, I thought it made like twenty. Maybe I was thinking of Hot Rod. Oh no. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> that's I mean that's just a travesty. Uh it's horrible. But I mean, not only that, not only just the fact that the Lonely Island movies like don't make a lot of money, which again is a crime, but this isn't like this is this movie who I mean, obviously, Andy Samberg, I've even listened to an interview where he said that Groundhog Day is like one of his favorite movies of all time. There's going to inevitably be comparisons to that kind of thing. But Groundhog Day came out in like 1992. And just in the last like seven years, there have been like so many other kind of versions of this time loop repeating day type of movie. Uh, I think starting with either Source Code or Edge of Tomorrow. I'm guessing you're you're an Edge of Tomorrow person because like pe- smart people are. I don't know. Are you a fan of Edge of Tomorrow? And I remember liking it, but not quite as much as everyone else did i should give it another shot yeah so like source code and edge of tomorrow were both more like actiony type of spins on that and edge of tomorrow is another one where everyone's just like it just got marketed bad so it didn't make as much money as it should have though seems like it's gathered enough of a, a fan base in its aftermath that i think doug lyman and tom cruise have said they'd be down for a sequel uh but then even more recently around the time they conceived of palm springs uh before I Fall came out in 2017, uh, starring Zoe Deutsch, which was kind of like a YA high school spin on the genre, which I actually really liked. And then you had Happy Death Day, which I'm guessing you didn't see, Hannah, because you don't do I did horror. Not, no. uh, and then Happy Death Day had a sequel, which, I mean, I actually really liked both of those movies. And it's weird because, like, 
and then Russian Doll came out last year. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say I really like Russian Doll. Yeah, so it's like this is like not a premise that is like fresh by any means, and yet I find like I I like most of these. Also, I don't like time. I I don't I don't want to say I don't like time travel movies, but like I don't tend to revisit them as much. I don't like the way I have to think about them. But for some reason, these time loop movies they agree with my brain a little bit more. So I, I guess I'll then just start by asking you, Hannah, just knowing that like a, a lot of this has been done. But at the same time, did you just going into it, or I guess how did you think the Lonely Island kind of pulled off their spin on this? And I don't want to just say Lonely Island because I want to give these filmmakers credit. They're first-time filmmakers that Andy Ciara and, and Max Barbaco. How did you think they did in uh, bringing a, a new spin to a genre that, as I just kind of detailed, has been done quite a lot? Um, I thought they did a great job. I really liked this movie. And, you know, it's not reinventing the wheel. Like, it's... It, does a lot of things that other time loop movies do and, uh, you know, comedies in particular, like obviously Groundhog Day is the reference point, but I thought, you know, having the idea of having another person get trapped in the loop with you, which is yes. something that Russian doll kind of does, mm-hmm. uh, but in a slightly different way. Um, that's, what's fun about it. And I think Andy Samberg and Chris Emiliotti, who are, uh, people I've both, I've enjoyed in other things, um, are really fun in this and have really good chemistry together. So the fact that this hinges on like another person coming into the loop and them having to figure that out is, I think, what's interesting about it. Before I give my more in-depth thoughts, I'll ask you, because I mean, I've heard a lot of people trying to kind of make some statement. Obviously, this movie was conceived of a while ago. Did it have any extra resonance for you, given the time we're in and how everyone is isolating and kind of doing their own thing? And this ends up being a movie about a guy that's kind of been in his own isolation. And were you even thinking about any kind of like, current event parallels as you were watching this or were you able to kind of like let all that fall by the wayside and just enjoy this movie for what it was i mean it is kind of funny when you know he says like oh you know today is tomorrow and tomorrow is yes you know he has that thing and tomorrow's right. yesterday and yesterday will also be tomorrow you and know like, like time means nothing for a lot of us these days which is a thing i've repeatedly said during all of this because oh. <laughs> i never know what day it is but i also like and people have been doing this for all kinds of art in the last couple of months you don't want to put too much weight on something just because we're in these weird circumstances, you know, this is ultimately like a pretty goofy comedy. Right. But it is kind of funny to think about. And I was able to appreciate it just because of like my circumstances specifically and more just like the kind of content I have mostly consumed since quarantining. I haven't really talked to you (laughs) since this happened, but like, I don't know why I kind of took it upon myself. Like it became like a Friday night tradition for me because like, what the hell else are we doing on Friday nights? I decided I was going to like watch every Friday night basically for the first, I don't know, two and a half months of quarantining. I either watched like a best picture winner or just like a long beloved a three-hour movie that I've mm-hmm. always put off and felt like I was never going to have the time to watch. So I may as well just, like, get that kind of stuff out of the way now because if I'm not going to watch those movies now, then, like, when am I going to do it? You know, I watched, like, all these movies from, like, the 60s like uh, that are, like, three hours long, like, I don't know, uh, or, or even, like, not even that old. I mean, I watched, like, Dances with Wolves, like, three-hour-long Best Picture winner. I watched uh, all these POW movies like The Bridge on the River Kwai and The Dirty Dozen and Great Escape and all that. And I'm like, I'm like, I I probably should have watched this stuff before now, but it's like, it's all very heavy and long. And I decided this weekend, this past weekend, I'm going to get out of that. So Friday night, I was like, I haven't watched pop star since I saw it in theaters. (laughs) So I watched pop star on Friday night when every Friday night leading up to that, basically for the last three months had been like a best picture winner or a serious three hour drama. Saturday night, I watched Palm Springs 
And it was just like a nice break from everything else I had been doing. So I was just like cognizant of that. I was watching it. I like, I literally did not stop smiling the whole time I was watching Popstar Friday night. And I think part of that is because Popstar is a movie that makes you smile, but also because it was like, it felt like I, I had a burden off my shoulders that I wasn't giving myself homework on a Friday night, even though I've enjoyed a lot of those old movies I've watched. So I was like, I'm giving myself my own release while in quarantine. So well, and that was nice. And- Palm Springs too are both like 85 minutes long. So you're just right. like, it's just like nothing but jokes. Yes. Like, and then done quickly. Like it feels great. And that's one of the important, impressive things about Palm Springs. I mean, like pop star is great, but it's basically like 90 minutes and like 75 minutes of it is introducing you to characters. Basically. It's more like a series of sketches than. Yes. Which is great. And they're all funny, but like Palm Springs, like, I don't know. It feels like it fits like a lot, a lot of story into something that's only 90 mm-hmm. minutes and somehow gives that JK Simmons character a full arc, which we'll talk yeah. about like all within those 90 minutes, which is like super impressive. But at the same time, I think I'll say that I also really liked it because I thought it was funny, but I felt like it actually did a pretty good do- job of distinguishing itself from those other movies. One, like you mentioned, has two characters in the loop, which is, seems like a very simple thing to do, but no one had really done it before Russian doll. So, I mean, good for them for like finding another spin on that in and of itself and just having the, I would say the, the the I'm forgetting. I think the guy's name's Alan in Russian Doll, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Uh, and I think I think I like I did enjoy that character in that movie, but I think these two characters are given more equal weight and development maybe than he is. And so I, I I just thought that was really impressive, but also that I thought it felt a little different in that I thought that Niles wasn't necessarily a character like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, where I feel like the Bill Murray character in Groundhog Day like. It's almost a movie about him just, like, learning how to not be a shitty person uh, for, Mm -hmm. like, a lot of it. And I never, like, got that vibe from Niles. Like, yeah, he's maybe not as, like, mature, but I felt like it was more about, like, a guy that was simply lost that was learning something about himself and had probably lost himself – was probably lost before this even happened to him, but then just became even more lost as he got into this situation. And I think you can kind of say the same thing for Sarah as a character. So it felt like they were two people that – Instead of spending the also the other thing, instead of spending the entire time loop movie trying to figure out how to get out of the time loop, it devotes a big chunk of it to them kind of accepting that they're in the time loop, mm-hmm. and in that way, I think becomes a more effective rom com than a lot of rom coms. Because as I always say on this podcast when I talk about rom coms, I just hate when we we're supposed to buy that these characters are in love when we've seen them have like one substantive five minute conversation, which I mean that totally. happens in rom coms. And here, it's just by totally ignoring what a lot of time loop movies do where the characters try and do science for like an hour, which I don't like science. And I want to talk about the science in this movie because I actually like how there's not a lot of it. It gets away from that. And then you just get to see these characters hang out and then you buy that they actually care about each other, which I think was like the most impressive thing about the movie for me. Well, and you know, you talk about characters in rom-coms seeming like they fall in love way too quickly without knowing each other. Time loop movies have a perfect fix for that in that like there's a montage of them just sort of like hanging out and goofing off and like pulling pranks and stuff. And you don't know how many days that represents. Right. So you believe that they've now known each other long enough that you buy that they would want to start a relationship. Well, let me ask you then, because you said like, you don't know how long that takes. We also don't know exactly how long Niles has been in it when we meet him. But I, I meant to ask you earlier, at what point in those first 12 minutes of the movie, did you realize that we were already picking up with him already in it? I mean, I knew the premise of the movie before I watched it. But, right, but but you don't you can know the premise without knowing that you're picking up with him already in the loop, or did you already, already kind of had you already right. had that spoiled for you? I think I just assumed because I knew that it was a time loop movie. Okay. Uh, early in the like in the first scene of the movie, he says to his girlfriend, "Hey, will you kill me?" 
and she laughs, but like it's very clearly <laughs> he's not joking. Well, you're you're a lot more perceptive than me because <laughs> I mean I, I I watched it and I knew as soon as he I, I did not know until he got shot with the arrow and then it kind of made then it kind of clicked into place for me. It's like oh he's already in it and like he's already pissed off someone else in this time loop. So that kind of clicked for me then. But then I went back again. I actually went back and watched the whole movie like two days later. But I went back and watched the first twelve minutes like right after watching the movie, and then I was like then I was just like kicking myself because it's really kind of funny how they drop in so many hints like well because. She also, they talk about uh, him being older and his girlfriend says like, you're not that much older than me. And he says like, you know, you'd be surprised or like, you know, he says something to the effect of like, that makes you think about it. Well, she said, I've been to way more weddings in my life than you can imagine. Yeah. And then he says, oh, you'd be, surpri- you'd be surprised. Oh yeah, so, that's what it is. Yeah. And, but like, I mean, there's so much stuff. I mean, one, like within the first three minutes, he and his, he and his girlfriend have sex and she's giving them this whole thing about like his sexual performance. And he's trying to say that, no, it's, it's, it's not what you think it is. Cause honestly, it's that he's had the same exact sexual encounter. Yeah. Like, who knows how many times and of course he's gonna then have some kind of performance issue i guess but then it's like i should have known as soon as i saw the clothes like i'm thinking about that the whole time i'm watching this i'm like this clearly isn't a, a cat a beach wedding attire thing that's a good and that's point. what he's doing and i'm like obviously at that point he doesn't give a shit anymore so that's why he's dressing that way but i kind of noticed it but i didn't actually like pick up on that as i was watching it so there's that and then I, i'm sure you like i don't know if you actually went back and watched the scene but the scene where like the first time at the wedding where mm-hmm. he's trying to impress her with his dancing and he's like almost in sync with like all the stuff going on around him as he picks up drinks off of people and stuff like that. It's like, okay, like this is really, really specific now that I'm looking at it again. <laughs> well, yeah. And then also, uh, when you see the later, you see the flashback of the first time he meets JK Simmons, like he is wearing a suit. Like it's clear that this is all, oh. it's all deteriorated. Yeah. The, the first time I went to the wedding, he went like a normal person mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, he had to do it a million times. Yeah, for sure. And I guess, uh, and, and it's kind of funny because there's like the repeating nature of going to stuff like that. Cause it happens a lot when you're just, when you're in your twenties, like you go to a lot of weddings and I think they are, I don't know if they're supposed to be in their twenties, but like, I mean, I wouldn't even complain if they made an, an Andy Samberg play a 29 year old because even though he's 42, cause he he's, can pass for pretty young. But, you know, it was I think that's a, a funny, fun, fun part about this movie is that like, obviously it's like a time loop thing, but, uh, it's funny, another Hulu movie. Did you see Plus One last year? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. It right. actually has a lot in common with Plus One. Yeah, like aesthetically, actually, they're pretty similar. I feel like a lot of the wedding settings in Plus One kind of felt like this one a little bit. But at the same time, like, I, one thing I appreciated about this, and I thought Plus One was good. I thought this was better. I agree. Yeah, was that it, it, it kind of it gets that this is something you're doing a lot in your 20s, and Plus One has like a same repetitive feeling and that they're going to all these weddings, even though it's not a time loop movie and here it's like it's like that's just like a built-in part of the movie but at the same time it is kind of about the same thing but not as explicitly i would say in the same way plus one was like plus one it's like it's kind of spelling it out how depressing it is to like be in your 20s and like watch everyone be happy and it's all this guy is complaining about like the entire movie and i feel like i i don't know i felt like it was kind of impressive how it obviously like i said it has the built-in repetitions but i feel like palm springs captures that mood without being as explicit about a lot of this stuff and i mean i like yeah i personally felt attacked by a lot of plus one i mean (laughs) just watching this single guy live by himself and like cook chicken on a skillet you have no idea like just like how actually i think it might have been the girl that cooked the chicken on the skillet in the movie if i remember correctly but stuff like that and stuff like them the way they talk about it with like all the other young people at the weddings like it got that stuff really right but it also felt like 
it, it was like the writer was like talking to a friend about the kind of things that they pick up on at weddings and then just writing it directly into the script. Whereas I thought like Palm Springs captured that mood about being this age and having to watch other people become happy. And yeah, it was aided by uh, watching this guy do it over and over again. But I felt like it got me in that mood without explaining all that over and over again. And that was just one thing I thought it did well, where it's trying to tell about people that are at that point in their life. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, it, it's not that it, I'm sure it was intentional that like, this is a period of your life where you have to do things like this over and over and it can feel like you are doing the same day over and over. Yeah. Well, did you, what, what did you think about, I mean, I, I don't know. I've, I've actually read a lot about it the last few days. Did you think too much about like any other kind of message it had about loneliness in general as you were watching these two characters? Because I, I, I certainly couldn't help but think about it as they're kind of finding each other, but then kind of drifting apart. But I, I don't know if I necessarily came down on any big kind of uh, message other than the fact that like I think you know it's at a certain point someone might feel comfortable being alone and like, it can be a scary thing to like – commit to another person and like you kind of have to overcome that and i don't know if i was supposed to take any bigger meaning from it but it's certainly something i was trying to like think a lot about and the movie did make me think yeah i think it's mostly just about like um feeling stuck in your life in general but then also maybe being afraid to change it because you know there Mm -hmm. is the scene near the end of the movie where sarah thinks that she's figured out how to get out of the loop and niles is kind of like oh but like not so fast though (laughs) the world's an awful place yeah I don't know. She's the one that ultimately makes that decision. And I mean, I guess it makes sense because he's had more time to kind of become comfortable and kind of he's just kind of decided, oh, yeah, well, now I've kind of had a, a bad stretch of this movie myself personally. And I I feel like I'd like to open up to her and then be happy. And she's like gotten more motivated to kind of get out. But what, what did you what did you think of it when you actually kind of saw what she had done with her sister's fiance? And did that recontextualize the character and what you how you come to think about her at all? throughout that point in the movie or was it kind of like oh it kind of makes sense she would have had some kind of experience like this given kind of what we know about her well i mean she says up front that she fucks around and drinks too much Mm -hmm. like so you kind of expect her to do something uh like self-destructive or you know hurtful to someone else and it also is and like they mention it too when they're talking about getting out of the loop that if she does get out of the time loop she's going to have to deal with the Mm -hmm. consequences of her actions so it's also about uh, learning to uh, grow up and take responsibility for your behavior. Yeah, just straight up, I don't know, being an adult for sure. And I, that was another thing where I was kind of like mad at myself for not picking up on sooner because if you do go back and watch it, like you hear the shower and like all but one of the times where she wakes up. Yeah, I didn't pick up on that right away. And like I should have. And I was like, God, like this is like, it's a fun movie to go back and rewatch because well, you the, pick up on that stuff. The good thing about this uh, being really straight to Hulu, although of course I would always like to see a movie in theaters is that it's the kind of movie that rewards uh, rewatches and you can go back and do that immediately. Yeah. Like when I finished, I went back and I rewatched the beginning and then kind of skipped around and just kind of rewatched and stuff that made me laugh. But you do see all of the seeds being planted for the, the time shenanigans yeah, and early I'm glad, in the movie. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that about rewatching stuff that made you laugh because I think it's really interesting that, again, this movie isn't written by the Lonely Island guys, but I feel I still feel like it has uh, elements of a lot of their humor in it, and I'm curious, like, were there certain moments in there that we didn't even touch on that, like, are kind of jumped to your mind when you think about what just really made you laugh in this movie? I mean, you mentioned that the part at the beginning where he's dancing at the wedding, but it's, like, choreographed because he's been so many times that he knows everybody's going to move. That made me laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, it was just, like, a handful of line deliveries that got yeah. me. Like, there's, uh, when 
he first meets J.K. Simmons at the bar and he says, I like your hat. And J.K. Simmons goes, of course you do. Like, <laughs> it really made me laugh for some reason. And there's uh, later when he says to his girlfriend, played by Meredith Hagner, he says, we should break up. You don't like me. And she goes, I don't like you. <laughs> yeah, she was really good. Uh, I mean, like, she only has a couple scenes, but she's very funny. It's like a very specific kind of character that they needed for, to her to be. And like, I think she totally owned it. But yeah, that's the kind of thing I was like, I was trying to like make note of like stuff that made me laugh as I went back. And most of it was just like, if I read it on the page, it doesn't look like super, super funny. But when I think about how they delivered it, like, yeah, yeah, it was, it was really funny. And I mean, a lot of it is like, yeah, Andy Samberg can just like, can do that. And he's like, like when, like when he's like, yeah, no, I've never thought about the multiverse. When, when she's like, yeah. uh, when, she, when she's like theorizing what, what 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 could our solutions be or stuff like that. But when he's like, when and that's the other thing I did like about it too is because I'm looking at another line I wrote down where about picking up with him already in it was that there there could be a lot of wasted emotion and someone not accepting the premise, which is mm-hmm. I mean what a lot of these movies do, and it kind of just jumps right over that. And because we are along with the ride with her as she's trying to figure that out at least we have his running commentary on it which uh is really funny because look i when we once you already know what the movie is about you only want to spend so much time with someone like running up to people that aren't in the loop being like wait right. what day is it what day is it you they know, get they dispense with that very quickly there's like very diminishing returns on that kind of thing so it was, but it was kind of cool to have like her in the car being like okay come on, can i just kill myself and, he, and then he says, there might be some way to kill yourself, but I haven't figured it out. And I've done a lot of suicides. So many. <laughs> that which, made me laugh, too. Which like, like when he just puts his head on the dashboard, and he's like, see you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. And that's another cool, interesting thing was that like, he's like acutely aware of just how the pain works in it. And is like, yeah, I, I see you. It's bad. I don't, I, I don't want to do that. And he's also kind of acute. Uh, uh, he's, he's actually kind of sensitive to like the, the pain that other people might be going through. And he kind of warns her about that like a couple different times where he's like, look, this isn't really real to us but it's real to other people and i think it does help humanize that character some and i didn't really mm-hmm. ask you specifically about these performances all that much yet but i mean uh what did you think about andy sandberg someone that you've watched a lot i'm sure over the years i think we both watched brooklyn 99 and i don't know it felt like probably the most complete thing i've ever seen him do in a way yeah i think i mean it's it's very much in his wheelhouse like there it's it feels like an andy sandberg character mm-hmm. but i think he's really good and it is maybe more depth than he has to play on like Brooklyn Nine-Nine or, you know, in Popstar. Yeah. And I, I didn't see that. He did that one Celeste and Jesse movie or whatever with Rashida Jones. I saw that movie, but it's been a long time. Yeah. I don't, I never saw it. And I know it was kind of a drama a little more, but I, I it was just, I never got around to it. I wouldn't be opposed to watching it. I just never did. So I really didn't have any context for him having to do anything as dramatic as he did in here. Cause like there's, I, I don't know if the irreverence the right word, but there's certainly some moments where he's dealing with what could in, in different hands be considered more serious subject matter in pop star or not in pop star and hot rod. Uh, yeah, not pop star and <laughs> in, in hot rod, but it's like that whole movie has its own tone throughout. Whereas this actually definitely gets serious in a way that wasn't. And I mean, he, I I'd say he's maybe not like as naturally of a gifted performer in all aspects as maybe Kristen Milioti, but I thought he like certainly handled himself well in those scenes where he did have to be a little more serious, serious serious as opposed to like kind of serious like he might be in something like hot rod where he's delivering a a big speech that his character is taking seriously you know so Mm -hmm. uh and you mentioned how you're kind of a fan of Kristen milioti earlier and i'm curious because you're uh 
much more tuned into Broadway than I am. Are you familiar mm-hmm. with any of her theater work? Because I only knew her from the really bad season of How I Met Your Mother, playing the sick mom in season two of Fargo, and playing the stepped-over housewife in uh, Wolf of Wall Street. So this mm-hmm. was a treat for me, and not that I would have said she didn't have it in her, but I literally had never seen anything that would like I could hold up as proof of that. What, what was your relationship with her before this movie, and I mean, what, how did you think I- she did? I mostly knew her from her TV work. I had stopped watching How I Met Your Mother before she showed up. Good call. Actually, <laughs> but, very uh, smart call. But, I, you know, I liked her in Fargo, and she's in that Black Mirror episode. Oh, she is, yes. Okay. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, and she is, this is like, yeah, every time I talk to you about a movie, I have to point out when a person is a Tony nominee. Yes. So uh, she was nominated for a Tony for once several years ago. So she has kind of had an eclectic career. There's actually a really interesting profile of her um, in Vulture this week where she talks about um, sort of making, trying to make interesting choices. Um, But yeah, I mean, this is definitely the thing I've seen her in where she had the biggest role. And I think she's very funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. It was really cool because I, I think it's a really complicated character. Like, that character is obviously very funny, but, like, she's carrying something with her, like, the whole movie. And I think it's more than just the secret she has about uh, sleeping with her sister's fiancé. Like, she obviously has gone through a lot in life. And I never forgot that the whole time I was watching it, yet I still found her to be, I mean, com- very charming. And I just really enjoyed watching her do her thing and uh, just – it, again, it was a treat that the movie made the storytelling choices it made because it was fun watching them just get to be friends. And obviously, it does turn into something more. But like I like, you know, and we mentioned Broadway. I don't know if she ever did musical stuff, but it was like, I mean, probably one of the funniest sequences in the movie where you said it was that montage, and you just get to see them run into that bar and do the dance. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know that that it just makes you smile, and it's fun to see two people be that committed. And she was like right there with it. And well, yeah, I mean, she was in How I Met Your Mother, which is kind of a comedy, like. Most of those other things we rattled off are not comedies. And whereas Andy Samberg is, you know, we're talking about him kind of doing something dramatic, whereas she'd only done so much of that. And hell, her character, How I Met Your Mother, like, sp- spoiler alert, you guys shouldn't really be worried about having the end of How I Met Your Mother spoiled, but like, the character dies of cancer. Yeah. I mean, like, it's not like she's had to do a lot of comedy stuff before. So to go toe to toe with someone like Andy Samberg that's been a comedic presence in our lives for 15 years and to, like, honestly walk, probably walk away with the movie is super impressive. Yeah, I mean they're they're coming to this from very different backgrounds, but they both fit perfectly into the movie, and they both uh, work really well with each other. Yeah. I, before I forget, I want to ask you about the the J.K. Simmons of it all because we already mentioned him a couple of times. But uh, <laughs> I don't know; it's pretty wild, and I how uh, that character is introduced and where he ends up, and how it feels <laughs> like the movie fully services him and is somehow ninety minutes long. I think that's just like super impressive. Yeah, I mean, and he's great. He's one of those actors where every time he shows, I mean, he's in everything, and still every time he shows up in something, you're like, oh, great, like, I'm going to enjoy this. Actually, before I even ask you more about him in this movie, I have to ask, have you ever watched Brockmire? Yes. Okay, because you're not like a sports person, but I figured that seemed like it'd be your kind of thing, and he had a really cool arc in the last season of Brockmire. He was fun. Yeah, Brockmire is one of those shows where, like, I I like it in spite of it being about baseball. (laughs) (laughs) And there's a lot of Florida-specific stuff in this last season, I think you probably would have appreciated it. But he's like, it's it's just funny, kind of like in, almost almost these these two things are similar in that, like, the way he was introduced in Brockmire season four as being like a total, like, douche and evil and villain and everything and then like it's very lovable and kind of tragic but also really hilarious the way where his character goes and here it's kind of like the same thing in a way and it's like he can he does everything in this movie and is on screen for like probably nine minutes Mm -hmm. and yeah just gets 
like got several big laughs from me at least. Yeah, no, me too. And I guess the other thing, and I, I'm not the first to make this point, but it's a it's cool that we they put that character in there because in every version of these uh, of these time loop movies, the characters that are stuck like normally are like already kind of screwed up in their own ways in life. Like they're not well adjusted people. I mentioned a few of those other ones, like in Happy Death Day, the, the the main character in that, she's like a a sorority girl that's like kind of the, whatever your worst worst vision of a sorority girl would probably be is what she starts out as in the beginning of that movie and the company she keeps and she kind of learns a lot about herself. And uh, before I fall, it's kind of like the same thing. She's hanging out with the popular girls that aren't actually that good. Like in here, like we've already talked about these two main characters in this movie have their own issues, whereas that guy like had his life together. And it's mm-hmm. like these movies don't often raise the question like. What if this happened to someone whose life was just actually pretty perfect already? And this guy had two cute kids and a loving wife, and that's it. And what would that look like? And the movie fully answers that question somehow. And again, I, I wouldn't have blamed this movie if it was an hour 50 minutes and it took it and accomplished everything it did, but it somehow did it in an hour 30, which I just, I can't get over. Yeah, I really, I mean, obviously, I, like I saw when I hit play that it was 90 minutes, but mm-hmm. like it ended and I was like, oh, like that's it. Like the, not in a bat, not like it felt incomplete, but I just like, I was enjoying it so much that it felt like it went so quickly and it covered so much ground that I was yeah. kind of surprised. Yeah, no, I think we agree. JK Simmons. Uh, great. I want to ask you lastly about the, we already talked the science of it all. Cause we talked about how it, 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 it really, uh, you know, it didn't, a lot of these movies spend a lot of the time of the characters trying to find their way out. And we liked that this one didn't do it. It has a science component at the end though. How do you think it handled that? I mean, it's not a huge part of the movie. Yes. Like, and with any with any sort of time travel premise, you can just say whatever you want and have that. Be, I know that like they uh, consulted with like there are physicists in the credits that are like, oh, oh really? special thanks to this huh. person at this university. And I, I saw some reference to in a review a reference to the fact that they like consulted with a physicist. But it's like I'm sure they just took the basic like broadest idea that he explained to them. You know. Yeah. But I do like that, again, because of the premise that this is going to go on forever and she'll repeat the same day forever, you don't know how long it took her to learn this stuff and figure it out. Like, it could have been years worth of yeah. single days of her going to that same diner. and yeah. And I like that because I, again, I think they did a good job. Like you said, if they even did the most basic version of what a physicist explained to them, that's fine. Like there's a version of this movie that tries to throw a lot more of that terminology at you and Mm -hmm. in a way that you wouldn't need to follow it, but you would be inclined to try and follow it. And I didn't feel the need to like teach myself a formula as I was watching this. I just like the fact that me as someone that somehow inexplicably passed AP chemistry in high school, (laughs) thus meaning he only had to take like one bullshit science class for the extent of my science in college. I got to think about like, yeah, I know nothing about science, but what if I had infinity amount of time to learn how to uh, break myself out of a other timeline i guess then maybe i could and who knows if she was more inclined to know how to do science than i am but the fact is like i kind of liked it it's like i don't really need to know what she did i just need to know that like she took advantage of her situation to like teach herself how to do it and then she did it and that's it and yeah I, the, the, the thing with the goat that was like a one little kind of thing they could drop in there where i'd be like oh okay cool she tested it and now she's gonna do it and that's all yeah but it, it fits the tone of the movie where they don't try and take it too seriously you know Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like like it's technically a sci-fi movie obviously because there's time travel but it's not you know it's not like interstellar or something where they're like this is real like you believe that and it's sort of like oh yeah the montage of her uh 
studying and figuring out the physics of the situation is kind of on the same level as the montage of them, like choreographing the dance. Like it's nothing too hard. It's nothing too difficult. It's just like, you know, here's another way to productively use the time loop. Cause like, I don't need, it's not the kind of movie where I need an explanation. If it had just left it at like, Oh, there's like an earthquake and it opened a weird glowing cave and now they're stuck in a time loop. I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, and even movies that I really like that are even more explicitly about time travel and time loops, like they really bother me. And they like were, and I spend way too much time getting caught up on that, whether it be like Avengers Endgame or Back to the Future, stuff that like everyone, most people agree are good movies. I, I think about that stuff way too much. And I was really happy that this one just, you know, didn't ask me to do that. Right, because uh, it didn't need it. Yeah. Is there anything else that you uh, want to touch on or that I forgot to ask you about or any other odds or ends about the movie you wanted to mention before we finish up? I don't think so. Just, yeah, I mean, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, then I guess we can put in emphatic period on <laughs> uh, on this one. Uh, I, again, I, I'd recommend it to everyone. Uh, check it out. It's on Hulu. And it's, again, as we've already harped on like multiple times in this, it's only 90 minutes. Really no excuse not to give it a shot. And I guess I shouldn't be recommending it at this point because we already told everyone to not listen to us until they watched it. But whatever. Tell your friends to watch it. It's in this hard. It's easy to get people to watch stuff if it's short. I've learned that. I'm, I'm always making recommendations to people, and most of the time they're not taking them. But if I'm like, hey, it's 21 minute episodes or hey it's uh, 90 I mean, minutes it's a much easier sell uh hannah before we leave one thing we've been doing a lot more of around here since the last time you were here is uh instead of just telling people to plug their social media or something we've been like doing like a recommendation corner thing because people are watching stuff because they're streaming and they have nothing better to do because they should be staying home uh is there anything you've watched recently that you'd like to recommend to people out there that you want to point them in the direction of oh that's a good question like uh it could be a movie or release? tv Anything. Oh, movies Old, or TV. new. Anything that you're watching in quarantine. Hmm. Well, let's see. Let me pull up my letterbox history real quick. Um, a movie. I'll do new release movies just because, yeah. like, it's too broad a question and I'll stress out about it. Um, <laughs> uh, did you see Driveways? No, what is that? I don't even know what that is. Yeah, it's a movie that came out in May. It has with um, Hong Chow and Brian Dennehy, hmm. one of his last movies. And it's just, like, this nice little drama about this woman who... Uh, with her son has to go, um, clean out the, her, the house of her sister was recently died. And the, the boy who's like seven or eight, um, befriends the elderly neighbor next door. And it's just like a nice movie about people trying to help each other. I don't know. That makes it sound corny, but it's just like a very nice little movie no, it's that nice. got, got it's good nice. reviews. And, um, I feel like kind of was, under the radar so that's the, the first thing that popped in my head of a 2020 release yeah it's fun I, I i like hong chow too i you know like she kind of broke onto the scene with uh downsizing and i didn't actually care for her in that movie and i've like liked everything she's done since better like she's like she's done a lot of good tv yeah well she was incredible in the one episode of forever uh mm-hmm. that she did and then she was in uh homecoming season one and I actually haven't watched Homecoming season two. I don't know if she, is she in that. I haven't either. I oh. think so. Okay. But yeah, I cause it, it was like kind of intimated. She'd be a bigger part of that. And where can people watch driveways? Where is it like renting or is it free streaming somewhere? I rented it, but yeah. I think it might be streaming for free somewhere. Okay, I, cool. Um, also for 2020 movies, did you see the vast of night? No. And I've been meaning to get around to that. That's, That's a good I, one too. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, I, I've heard a lot about what it's about, and I'm like curious it. to check it out, and it seems like a cool vibe. From, and I, another one that I, I think it's only like 90 minutes from what I saw. So it's I very really, short, yes. I Fun re- little UFO movie, which yes. is always nice. I really don't have an excuse to have not gotten to that one yet because a lot of people I trust have recommended it. So that's on Amazon Prime. 
Yes. Uh, I know that. Uh, so yeah, those are, those are two good ones if you're looking for new stuff, because it, it looks like we're probably not going to be back in the theaters anytime soon. Uh, for my recommendation, even though I just harped on how great it was to watch 90-minute things these last couple weeks and or a couple nights and light stuff like the Lonely Island stuff, I'm going to go back and recommend something that I watched a week ago that's two hours and 40 minutes, and that's Robert Altman's Nashville because uh, I've been going back and watching some Robert Altman stuff because I realized he was like an American filmmaker that's like done a lot of stuff that I've just never – I'd only seen one of his movies and I needed to watch a little more. And uh, Nashville, it's just about a bunch of people kind of in and around the country music scene in Nashville. It's in the 70s and and how there are a lot of people with interconnecting lives. And I think a lot of people say that like I, – and I haven't listened to a Paul Thomas Anderson interview where he's talked about it, but I'm pretty sure he was like influenced by this movie when he did Magnolia. And it's kind of different in that it's like all people aspiring to be in the entertainment industry or around it as opposed to people that whose lives are kind of affected by being around it even if they aren't trying to be a part of it necessarily. So it's different, but it's kind of like that same vibe where you got are following a lot of characters and, that, and it's saying something about just kind of fame and the people that happen to aspire to it and uh, a lot of great performances and some really good music too. So uh, it's just something I'd recommend if you're in the mood to spend two hours and 40 minutes watching something that's not necessarily as fun as Palm Springs. But I haven't watched a lot of fun stuff aside from the stuff we just talked about in the last two weeks. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do better than that. Uh, Hannah, thanks again so much for doing this. Do you have anything else you want to plug before we leave? Um, yeah, my, my Twitter is at H-G-C-O-U-T-U-R-E, which is mostly me getting mad about uh, how the government is handling coronavirus. But whatever. And, uh, my letterbox is, um, Hannah GC. Yes. Everyone wear masks, stay safe. Don't go do, don't go like, don't go to bars. There are people still going to bars. I don't understand. Don't go to Disney world. I mean, I know, I, I know it's, it's too much to ask for some people, but like, I mean, I, I promise you it'll be there on the other side. Don't <laughs> leave your house if you don't have to. It's very easy. Watch the movies. Yes. There's so much out there. I mean, I mean, everyone's just like assuming I'm going crazy because I can't go to the movies, but like I found plenty of other stuff to watch. It's not that <laughs> hard. It's, you can do plenty of stuff from your house. Uh, as usual, I'm Josh Renovoy, J-O-S-H-J-U-R-N-O-V-O-I on Twitter and Letterbox. Podcast Gmail is the rewindmoviepod at gmail.com and our Twitter is rewindmoviepod. Uh, everyone stay tuned for uh, next week. I don't know exactly what we're talking about yet, but I will... Uh, have something out for you. So everyone, thanks for listening. Thanks again to Hannah for joining and we'll see you next time.